Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are really excited to have you here joining us for another episode. Maddie and I are beyond excited to get into another rapid fire questions episode with you guys because it has been a little bit since we did one. Mm -hmm. And these seem to be one of y'all's favorite type of episodes that we do. And we are really looking forward to getting into these questions that we, again, have no idea about. We have not talked about them. We have not conversed about them at all, Mm -hmm. which I know is hard to believe because Maddie and I talk about literally every single thing in life. But this is the only thing. Except it seems that we do not talk about podcast episodes as much as we could. That is true. Lily's not a planner. That is true. But But we have both. We are basically (laughs) the same person (laughs) pretty much but we do keep these questions from each other now granted we usually get them on the day that we record or right before we record so it's not all that difficult but sometimes we are keeping a few in our back pockets that we don't tell each other about and it always ends up being a ton of fun and we are really excited to get into these and just think with you guys about lots of theological things lots of worldly things lots Mm -hmm. of just different ideas that I think really helps us to not only grow in our love for the Lord, but also increase our attention spans and to really think critically. Maddie and I are huge proponents of getting people to think about things in a new way and just getting them to really understand the ways of the Lord and maybe even viewing something from a different perspective, from a godly perspective that maybe if somebody asked you this question, you would answer in a totally different way. And I think that that is so amazing about humans that we have the capacity to think and to critically think about something and that we a lot of times have different responses and different answers to the things that we see in our world and questions that were asked because of what we've experienced and because of our backgrounds and mm-hmm. all those different things that contribute to this. And so I love that we get to do this here on the show with each other and that it's something that gets us all thinking about different things that maybe you haven't thought about in a really long time or have never thought about before. So Maddie, jump in with our announcements and we'll get right into this episode. Okay, so I know that I mentioned Blogmas last week, and I'm going to mention it again this week, and then maybe you'll get to stop hearing about it for a little while, at least until November. (laughs) Well, okay, first, let's talk about the fact that we are in October. How? How? Why (laughs) does this keep happening? Okay, also, we should have started out. I totally forgot. We're in the ministry center. We just got home from church. Mm -hmm. It is 917 at night. So yeah. this is a late night. It's not Sunday episode. night. Just That's so everyone true. knows we are not that last minute. This time. But we have yeah, been. Yeah. If you guys have We've been here before. for a while, we sometimes get to Sunday night and our week has been so crazy that we record on Sunday night and we somehow manage to get an episode up by Monday morning yeah, or on Monday we're morning. We're real professional. If anyone wants to come and work for us, we can promise you very consistent work hours. Yes. Clearly. But, but zero pay. <laughs> zero monetary support. Hey, but but we're trusting the Lord to bring that in his timing. So if anyone wants to donate to the few, yeah, um, we are 
accepting we donations. We just want to do whatever you guys want to do, you know? <laughs> like, whatever you guys feel like. We're yeah. Whatever the with. Lord – no, no. Whatever the Lord leads Whatever the to. Lord wills. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Anyway, um, yeah, it's late at night and we're going stir crazy. I'm not going stir crazy. I There's no such am. thing as stir crazy for me. I could stay at home for the rest of my life. <laughs> Be fine. <laughs> Anyhow – Blogmas. Let's get yes. back on topic. So Blogmas is coming up, obviously. Talked about this a little bit last week. Mom and I were just talking about this on the way home from church, actually, and talking about some of the different guests that we are going to request blog posts from this year. I'm really excited for some of these guest posts to come to you guys, come straight to your inbox so that you can read them from mm -hmm. people who are really important to us and really important to our ministry and who have poured a lot of time and effort into us and into our ministry. And we just love when they get to have a little spotlight moment on the blog and they get to write incredible posts for you guys to read. Last year, we had some really great guest posts and we're always so grateful for the people that mm -hmm. volunteer and um, accept our invitation to write for our blog. It's always such a blessing to not have to write 31 blog posts mm -hmm. ourselves. And so it's great to have some guest posts sprinkled in there for you guys to enjoy and for us to enjoy um, so that we don't have to just work our hands to death typing things out for you guys. So we always have a great amount of arthritis at the end of December. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. January really is a uh, month of healing and recovery. <laughs> Not really, but we're really looking forward to Blogmas. So again, make sure that you guys are signed up for our email list and that you are following our blog mm -hmm. and also following our Instagram. Something we try to do is, especially during Blogmas, we try to post all of our blog posts on our Instagram story so that you guys can click the link and read them directly from Instagram and you don't have to go to a website that you have to look up mm -hmm. yourself and anything like that. But honestly, the easiest way is to just sign up for our email list and then they'll come straight to your inbox and you'll get to read them directly from there. You still don't even have to go to the blog. It'll just come right to your inbox. So that's probably the easiest way and you can sign up for that on our blog, which is linked in the description of this episode as always. So make sure that you do that because we definitely don't want you missing out on Blogmas or any of the updates that we put out prior to Blogmas, mm -hmm. giving you guys some updates about starting dates, ending dates, some guest posts that you can look forward to and just kind of what Blogmas is going to look like this year. I'm really excited. I mentioned last week that I have no idea what I'm going to write about, but the Lord is moving and he is giving us some topics already. I feel more ready to go more this prepared. week for some reason. Mm -hmm. You know, October has just brought new inspiration. I can finally breathe again and think again because summer oh is goodness. gone. It's dead. You guys. And now I am finally in my season of creativity again. So that's lovely. Because I'm not. <laughs> Great. We've switched roles, unfortunately. I'm thriving. Hmm. That's good. All right. Which one of us is starting with our first question? You want me to start? Yeah, you go. Okay. So we each have, I believe, three questions. Two or three. It just depends on how long it takes us to answer these questions. I know we say rapid fire. We try our best, but sometimes we expound and talk about these things a little bit more. So Maddie, my first question is, why do people fear losing things that they do not even have yet? Mm, this is such an interesting question. Wow, that's actually a really good question for me this week because I am literally going through that currently. I think it's because we live so much 
in the future. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this paradoxical thing because you have so much in the present that you wish for in the past, but all we're focused on is the future. And I mean, even uh, last week we talked about memory and looking toward the future and how that helps us to dream more and be more inspired about our future. And so I think that it's definitely good to look toward the future. I think people who don't look forward are foolish and tend to get in trouble by doing that. But I think that especially in our consumer society, especially in America, I don't think it's necessarily like totally wrong to have a consumer mindset necessarily, but I think that we have gotten super duper caught up in it. So it's Mm -hmm. this mindset that we've adopted that we're just constantly trying to consume things. And even if they're not good for us, even if they aren't something that we necessarily need, we think that we need it simply because we want it. And so I think that we fear losing things so much because we fear losing status because of Mm -hmm. losing a specific object or a circumstance kind of. I don't know if that's the right word, but I think that we fear losing things so much because it can change so many other things. We tend to believe that just because you lose one thing, it doesn't really mean that you're only losing one thing. It's going to affect so many other things. And so then you just go down this like spiraling rabbit trail of if I lose this, then I'll lose this. And then people won't look at me like this. And then I won't have that. And I probably won't ever get to achieve that if I don't have the original thing. And Mm -hmm. so it just kind of spirals out of control, especially because of our consumer mindset. And we think that material Material possessions are so important and societal possession is so important in terms of possessing a certain position and a certain reputation, getting to kind of control the narrative that people have of us in their minds. Mm -hmm. And so I think we fear losing things that we don't even have because we've already created, honestly, this kind of fantasy Mm -hmm. life of what the future may look like and how we want our lives to look like in the future. And it becomes such an obsession to us sometimes that you think, well, I need this to achieve that and then to achieve that and to achieve that. And I'm not saying that it's not good to have goals and to want to achieve big things Mm because I think it is. But I think when we get so caught up in material stuff, that's when that becomes a problem. And I think we get so scared of losing one thing because it can affect so many other things. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting yeah. Question. And I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, that's even something that I'm struggling with recently, kind of looking toward the future. I think this is especially a problem for young people who are getting ready to graduate high school, graduate college, and are moving into some pretty different circumstances than mm-hmm. anything we've experienced before because we have these lofty goals and we have a life ahead of us that is completely fluid. You can do literally whatever you want with mm-hmm. it and you can pursue so many different things. And so when you have like one specific goal in mind, everything else tends to center around that, mm-hmm. which isn't always a bad thing. But sometimes we can get so caught up in it that then it's like, oh my goodness, if I would lose that thing, my entire life is over. Everything Mm -hmm. I've ever done, everything I've ever prepared for, everything I've ever committed my time to is gone Mm -hmm. and is worth nothing because I don't get to achieve that one specific goal that I had in mind. And I don't get to possess that one certain thing that I desperately wanted that would secure my status in the world and would make me happy. And so I think we fear losing it 
because we commit so much of ourselves to it. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't already have this thing or this status or this job or this house or this perfect family or something like that, whatever we're aspiring to achieve, we commit our entire beings to it and we do everything because of it. And so even though we don't already have it, it's literally at the center of our lives. And so I think that can definitely mm -hmm. be scary because when you commit your entire life to something, obviously you want to actually end up achieving it because then what is the point? But I think this is where Jesus comes into it. And if we're pursuing him and we're pursuing what he wants us to have in the future, then everything that we do is ultimately going to come together for a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to worry about that. Just because we didn't achieve that one specific goal that we had in mind doesn't mean that the Lord's not going to use everything that you did to prepare for that one specific thing to give you something completely different. Mm -hmm. So that was not rapid at all, but <laughs> there you go. I Those are my thoughts. Mm -hmm. When I found that question, I thought personally like, okay, whenever I fear losing something, it's because I've already found my security in it. Yeah. Like I've already, even if I don't have it yet, mm -hmm. which is why I like that question so much because I feel like we do that a lot. I do that a lot where oh, yeah. you have you create, like you just said, that fantasy world or mm -hmm. whatever in your own mind and you've committed so much of yourself to it that you've placed your security. You are just awaiting for that Thing or person or whatever to make you happy. And so you've basically placed all of your security in that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what makes us fear losing it so much is the yeah. fact that we're secure, we're comfortable, mm -hmm. or we know we will be. And so we despise change. We despise all of that stuff because we fear that our security is going to be ripped out along with that stuff. Okay. I have like six questions written out. Oh my goodness. I have to decide which ones I actually want to ask. Okay. I think I'll go with the one at the top of the list. This is an interesting one and it's probably more of a question that I would want you to ask me, but oh, I'm going to ask yeah. you anyway, just because I want to hear what you what you think. Just it's, so Maddie can give her answer afterwards. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's kind of a dark academia-ish question oh or it kind of has that vibe to it. Maybe not. I don't know. The question is, is an understanding of pain necessary to an understanding of love? So do you have to know what pain is to be able to know what love is? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's yep. my answer. Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> yep. You definitely do because – and I, I love the gospel representation of this concept mm -hmm. because you have mankind who has fallen because of his own sin. And so he deals with the repercussions of that, the pain, yeah. the sickness, the disease. You have all of these different consequences that come along with that. And it's not until we reach the bottom of – ourselves, our own breaking point. You experience so much of this pain that it hits you in a different way mm -hmm. at some point. And this is just divine grace from the Lord that he allows us to get to this point where we feel the emptiness. We feel what it's like to be without him. We feel deeply the pain that our sin has caused us. Mm -hmm. And then you get to experience Christ's love. And that is the only thing that allows us experiencing that pain so deeply and so personally allows you to truly appreciate Christ's love and mm -hmm. what he did on the cross. It's what makes it so powerful. Yeah. It's what it's not that our own feelings or our own thoughts about it make it powerful. Of course it's powerful on its own and simply because of what Christ has done and his love makes it great, right? It's sacrifice. But for us, 
he uses that pain that the enemy has caused, those consequences of our sin, and he uses all of our breaking points and our experiences to truly allow us to grasp the greatness of that love. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I don't think that you can truly understand love or how was the question phrase? Was it understanding love? Yeah. I don't think we can truly understand love, especially Christ's love, without first understanding the pain of our own sin Mm -hmm. and the fallen state of mankind due to our sin and realizing that that's on us. And so realizing that and then understanding that Christ has come to save us from our own pain, Mm -hmm. from the pain that we've caused ourselves is Mm -hmm. just tremendous. You don't want to live for anything else afterwards, right? That's what makes the eternal difference in our lives is that I understand how fallen I am. I understand how bad life was before Christ. And now I am on the other side experiencing that love and nothing is more important to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's a powerful concept to think about and to contemplate because this is what happens in our own lives too. If you experience Christ's love and you understand what he's done for you, then he even allows you to experience that love from him on earth. You know, we don't wait to get to heaven to experience that with him, Mm -hmm. that personal relationship he wants now. Um, He wants to have that with us day in and day out. But then you also get, and I'm going in a little bit of a different way with this, but then you get to the point where you are experiencing marriage and all of these other things. And I think that the Lord experiencing his kind of love allows us to experience, and scripture tells us this, that we experience a form of that love that he has created here on earth. And so Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing too, because it teaches us that even through pain, even through hardship, even through all these things, you can still love. And it makes that love even more joyous and beautiful because of the pain that you experience together, the hardship you go through together. Uh, the trials you go through together, like all of those things, especially done with Christ is just a really beautiful thing. And so I love that the Lord has chosen to use pain, as weird as that Mm -hmm. sounds, in order to reveal to us how amazing his love really is. Well, and I think like you said, this is especially beautiful in a gospel concept because while in the beginning we are forced to experience pain because of the sin that we've committed and just the sin that has entered the world, when we experience his love, then we are willing to experience pain after that for the love Mm -hmm. because you already understand that there will be a reward for that pain at some point when you're suffering for the right things. Right. And your suffering becomes so much different Mm -hmm. because it's not for futile and ridiculous things anymore just because of our own stupid decisions Mm -hmm. and dumb actions that we take. It is for a much greater cause, something that's so much bigger and better than us. And we have already experienced the reward for all the pain that we've gone through. And that's why, you know, you can look at all of these great saints and Christians and Mm -hmm. we can look at Peter being crucified upside down and you can rejoice in his pain with him because you know that we've all experienced the same kind of love and the same kind of redemption. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. You you did well. Okay. Thank you. So continuing on with this love idea Uh a little bit, I'm skipping to my last question, but it kind of goes with the last one that you asked me. Is trust more important than love or is love more important than trust? Oh, gosh. I know. This one is – I I don't know how I'd answer this. 
This is so interesting. I don't either because they're both so closely intertwined. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can't have love without trust, but then you also can't have trust without love. I think that probably because love usually comes first, I think that love is probably more important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's more important because we are called to love people whether we trust them or not biblically. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be in a relationship with them or, Mm -hmm. you know, be best friends with them. But we are still called to love people even if we don't agree with them necessarily or trust them. But I think... I think that trust is derived out of love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that love probably is. I don't know if either of them are more important than the other because I don't think that you can have a really pure and beautiful love without trust. Mm-hmm. But then I also don't think that you can have complete trust in someone without love. Right. Because you you love them and you know that they hopefully love you. And so that's where that trust comes into play. It's Mm -hmm. like, I know that you love me, so I'm trusting that you're never going to do anything to betray that. And Mm -hmm. I know that I love you, so I'm trusting you to trust me that I'm not going to do anything Mm -hmm. to betray that. So I don't think that either one is necessarily more important than the other. I think they both balance each other out a little bit. Although sometimes love can make us blind. And this is especially romantically, I think. But love can sometimes make us blind. And so we falsely trust people Mm -hmm. when we shouldn't necessarily. But I think that if you have a true godly love Mm -hmm. for someone romantically, in friendships, you know, just it like this brotherly love for someone, even the Lord enables you to trust them mm-hmm. in that. And then I think that also in that love, he can also enable you to not trust them because mm-hmm. you love them so much that you see all their flaws and you understand that maybe they are not worthy of trust, but we are called to love them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's a complicated question, even though it sounds simple mm-hmm. kind of when you first read it. It's either like, which is more important, trust or love? But I think that they're definitely intertwined with one another. Yeah. I think they kind of derive from each other. Mm -hmm. I think that trust is a result of love, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's how they're so uniquely intertwined because, but I think that you're right in that love is usually the first step. You don't just trust someone that you don't love. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't work. You know, you you can't, it's impossible for us to do that because you don't know them. You don't understand them you don't anything so usually i think i don't know although there's an element of you just yeah i know the fact that you're willing to love them in the first place is there not there's all (laughs) kinds of things because i think even jesus trusted in the fact that some of us would return his love right even though it wasn't guaranteed yeah but his love came first mm-hmm. before that trust, like before he came and trusted that we were going to love him back. Some of us, it's yeah, it it's regardless. a compli- it's a complicated question, man. Because mm. then you also think of these different situations where people do trust right others mm-hmm. without loving them. Yeah, that's true. And you know they trust them blindly. Mm-hmm. When maybe necessarily they shouldn't be trusted, but they have no other choice. You know, you think of like these hero villain Mm -hmm. plots in different movies and books and real life situations where people are forced to trust someone that they wouldn't have wanted to, but Mm -hmm. have to. But there's not necessarily like it's not that type of trust isn't necessarily derived from love. Yeah. See, y'all, this is why we (laughs) do these things. And maybe you're tired of hearing us ramble about it. I don't know. But let us know what you guys think. Email us your thoughts if you have. Maybe the Lord gave you something brilliant and we are just so dumb and have no idea. So send it to us so that we can 
use it yeah later. exactly no, i'm just <laughs> we will give credit no plagiarism here we are big about no plagiarism okay so my next question okay we'll make this one a little bit easier like i i know what you're gonna say about this one okay why is the world bent on destroying traditional gender roles this is something we've talked about a little bit but i thought it would be interesting to just hear a two minute Mm -hmm. if someone asked you this question and you had to explain to them literally the entire fall of Mm -hmm. mankind and why it has resulted in this how would you do it how would i do it because it's what the lord has created and because it is what the Lord has created, he is created biologically male and female. Mm-hmm. And because he has done so, Satan knows that if he can confuse that, if he can destroy that concept of male and female, that he destroys what God has created and what God created to be very good. He stated that it was very good when he created his creation. And that involves male and female. That's it. He didn't have any other genders. He didn't create anything else. Satan understands that if he can confuse us, if he can distort that, if he can destroy it ultimately, which is his goal, then he gets rid of God's identity in Mm -hmm. man, God's design for man. And he knows that confusion results in chaos and will lead us further into sin and we will just continue to destroy because then you destroy the family unit Mm -hmm. and then you destroy all truth you destroy absolute truth that there is male and female which is just basic truth right yeah fundamental and so if you can just just think about that just a simple concept that there is male and there is female and that that is it and that has been created by the lord for a purpose, for a reason, because that's the only way that we can operate well. If you can do that, then look at all of the other things that that one, yeah. just think about how destroying that one thing destroys so many other things. Yeah. So that's how I would combat that question and explain it because the enemy has his hands all over that all over sexuality, all over those things in our world today. We see so much of it and it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And people are just so confused. And I feel bad for them because they don't understand that the Lord has something so much better. They're searching for him, but they're doing it in all the wrong ways. And one of the wrong ways that they're doing that and searching for their identity in Christ and trying to understand that is by confusing their gender and claiming that, well, I can be what I want to be and I can do what I want to do. And I can say that I am a chicken nugget one day and I can say that I'm a unicorn the next. Like, no, that won't actually make you happy. That that won't actually help you thrive. Mm-hmm. That's a running joke in uh, Bible oh, study. Man. I'm so sorry, guys. The chicken nugget. Chicken nugget. I'm sorry. <laughs> that has so been sorry. a joke since for like five years. I don't even know. Yeah. Five years. The yeah. full five. Anyways, <laughs> but this is the way that the enemy destroys our world mm-hmm. and how he destroys any kind of he hates anything that resembles jesus yeah anything that resembles the lord so obviously we do because we've been created in his image Mm -hmm. and male and female is such a huge part of that and he said it was good and so what if we can make it bad yeah you know Mm -hmm. no that's definitely true we were talking about this with some of our friends a couple weeks ago and how it really i mean when you start to think about it it Mm -hmm. really does affect every single layer right of society because when you destroy the traditional roles of like men and women and how men are called to work and provide and women are called to create and nurture and you destroy that you 
quickly destroy the concept of marriage because men think that they don't need women because right. women are too busy working now. So what is she going to add to my life except for more problems? Mm -hmm. And then you um, destroy the family unit. People are either not having kids within marriage or they're just not having kids, period. Or if they do have kids and they are married, they're getting divorced mm -hmm. and the kids are being sent to public school, aren't being raised in the home because both parents have to have jobs and, you know, all these different things. And then Later on, we were even talking about how this affects like the elderly mm -hmm. and how when you destroy the traditional family unit of wait, wait, a- Wait, we need to save this for another episode. Oh, okay. We need well, to I will stop there then and we well, can, you can talk explain about this a little bit week. of it. Yeah. Or, you know, at mm -hmm. some point. <laughs> I will not make promises that it will be next <laughs> week. But I am excited to discuss this topic and how it does affect every single yeah. layer of society. I know that we've talked about- a lot of the transgender stuff and everything before. But I actually did just hear an interesting study, and this goes right along with this question. I was listening to some of a uh, more pro-life podcast, and um, they were talking about a study done, I believe in Poland, of some transgender individuals, and they were debunking this argument that like, well, if you tell me that I'm not allowed to get transition surgery, then I'll become suicidal and I'll commit suicide at some point. So they were kind of debunking this argument in this podcast episode, and the study in Poland showed a significant percentage of people who had transition surgery within 10 years had committed suicide. Mm. And so lots of the studies look at like a year post-op and that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, I feel great, whatever. I feel like I'm who I was meant to be. And so you look at that and you're looking at the destruction of traditional gender roles and traditional right. sexuality yeah. and then the destruction of life itself. Right. And, yeah, the, the enemy is using this very, mm -hmm. very powerfully. Mm -hmm. All right. Last question, and I think this is a really interesting one uh, because I'm not sure you could go a lot Goodness of different ways. Gracious, Lily, how many hard um, ones are you going to choose tonight? What is true strength? Uh, what is true strength? Gosh, good grief. <laughs> You're so like philosophical. That's an interesting one. Okay. I think true strength is a reliance on something that's greater than yourself. <laughs> because we don't have strength ourselves. And I think that history has just been one long example of this. Those who have been true heroes and who have been strong mentally and morally and physically and spiritually, those who are genuinely and truly strong are those who understand that they're not mm -hmm. and those who will freely admit that fact and will embrace their flaws and their infirmities and then say, but this is not about me mm -hmm. and it's not about my strength because that is going to dwindle quickly mm -hmm. and that is going to let people down and it's not going to be what's ultimately going to save anyone. And so I think that true strength is found in true humility mm -hmm. and it's found in being willing to admit that you are not truly as strong as people may think that you are. Not in this like victim mentality that we are fed day in and day out in our world. I'm not talking about that. That honestly drives me insane how it's like you need to embrace your flaws. You need to tell people that you're not as strong as they think mm -hmm. you are and you can't do everything. I'm so tired <laughs> of hearing it because we are strong. Yeah. When we're not functioning in our own power. Right. And we are strong when we have humility and we embrace our flaws, but not in a way that gives us an excuse not to 
strive after strength. Like I was just reminded of, I was watching a lecture for one of my classes. I'm taking an American history class right now. And I was just reminded, this may seem off topic to people, I don't know. This week we're going over George Washington, like his entire career life, you know, his presidency, his time in the military and all that kind of stuff. And I was like brought to tears a little bit by the remembrance of the way that in 1783, lots of the guys that had served in the Continental Army are becoming really impatient and are trying to function in their own strength Mm -hmm. by forcing Congress to pay them when they did not have the means to pay them. And they were still waiting on like the Treaty of Paris to be signed and, you know, for the war to officially end, even though all the fighting was done. Those who had served in the Continental Army who were becoming impatient were literally getting ready to stage a coup and completely overthrow this like newborn government and George Washington appeals to them and is like whoa hold your horses calm down that is not what we fought for all this time and that you are starting your own tyranny here and after he delivers this speech he doesn't really get the response that he was hoping for and they're all kind of just like staring at him like "Mm, I think we might still go ahead with this obviously he's getting them thinking a little bit and Mm -hmm. he's confronting them on some of their attitudes and stuff but then he does something that was completely crazy for that time period and because it was not normal to show any kind of infirmity or illness or any kind of lack of strength at all, especially for men in this time period. It was thought to be extremely important to seem very strong and manly and brave and courageous and stuff. But George Washington pulls out his glasses and puts them on and says that even though he has grown gray and weary in the service of his country, he's nearly gone completely blind also. And he like moves the men to tears and they just feel this feeling welling up of patriotism and this newfound love for something that's greater than themselves. And so in George Washington displaying his infirmity and displaying the fact that he did not have enough strength to persuade them not to go ahead with this coup, not to go ahead with completely overthrowing the government, which they had the power to do, mm-hmm. and in displaying the infirmity and in displaying the lack of strength that he had in subduing them, he moves them to tears and moves them to self-control and righteousness. And so I think that real strength is found in humility and in displaying your infirmities in such a way that you allow the Lord ultimately to work through those. Mm -hmm. And you display the fact that you are a fallen human and that you make mistakes and you're not as strong as you would like to think yourself to be. But when relying on something greater than yourself, you are able to achieve things that are greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm. Somebody put that on a shirt. That's good. Okay, y'all, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's making me emotional again talking about George Washington doing this. <laughs> I've always loved that story. It's a great story. And George Washington is the picture of humility. If anyone wants to know what humility looks like, look to George Washington. I look to Jesus first, but then look to George Washington because <laughs> uh, he is a close second. Okay, we're going to wrap this episode up here. We hope that you enjoyed this late night rapid fire questions and some of our musings and ramblings and contemplations tonight. We hope that this encouraged some of your own contemplations and just got you thinking about some different things. So I'm going to wrap this episode up in prayer. So please pray with us. 
Dioret, I just thank you for this day and I thank you for giving us the opportunity to record this episode and just talk about some different things and to hopefully just glorify you through this conversation. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us to be pursuing you this week and be pursuing your glory and your kingdom in our everyday lives. And I pray that you would just help each and every one of us to continue contemplating some of these questions and seeking more and more wisdom from you. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us to find our strength in you. I pray that you would help us to admit that we are not strong in our own power, but that we would learn to rely on you for the strength that we need. And I pray that you would just guide each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I pray it was an encouragement to you and maybe just something that your heart needed. You needed at least one of these questions or the answers or whatever to just motivate you a little bit to seek the Lord more and to seek his strength and his goodness a little bit more this week. And we will talk to you all next Monday. Bye guys. (laughs) 